Hello, and welcome to the Digital Workspace Works podcast. I'm Ryan Purvis, your host, supported by our producer, Heather Bicknell. In this series, you'll hear stories and opinions from experts in the field, stories from the front lines, the problems they face and how they solve them, the areas they're focused on from technology, people and processes, to the approaches they took that will help you to get to the scripts for the digital workspace inner workings. So welcome, Richard, to the Digital Workspace Works podcast. Do you want to give everyone an introduction to who you are and what you do? Of course. Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate being here with you and your audience. My name is Richard Blank. I'm the CEO of Costa Rica's call center. We're a nearshore, dedicated bilingual call center located here in beautiful Central America. Correct. And um, people are able to see this, but you've got some fantastic looking uh, machines behind. Do you want to talk a little bit about that before we get into the, the fun stuff? No, well, I always believe in dessert first, and my favorite class was recess, so I wanted to combine the two. I got a candy machine, <laughs> I got a jukebox. She's a beautiful 1961 Ricola Regis. One man's trash is another man's treasure, Ryan, so I go treasure hunting down here. I'm willing to drive a couple hours with a, with a truck and a few hundred dollars, and so I collect pinball machines, retro arcade machines, jukeboxes, and so I've created my environment where there's a game room. People can let off steam, recharge batteries. I've seen people smooth them by the Pac-Man machine. So um, it's created a wonderful company culture to reduce attrition and really boost morale. Yeah, and that's important nowadays. Uh, you know, with, with COVID changing the way people work, uh, you need to find a way to keep your, your good talent. Um, so tell us a bit about how you operate um, and, and uh, how it's worked out for you. Well, it, it's interesting because we have different types of accounts here. We have outbound lead generation appointment setting sales. Clients hire us as well for inbound customer support and omni-channel non-voice support. We'll do chats and emails. I highly recommend still having some sort of medium where clients can communicate with you in a live way. Um, but today's it, it's becoming more streamlined. For, for an example, Ron, I was doing a lot of thinking before coming on the podcast today, and we can talk about my predictive dialer, my server room infrastructure and QA department, and that's fine. That's a digital workspace where we use our infrastructure to work on your soft skills. But when COVID hit, people needed to go home. So they didn't have the internet redundancy, the electricity with the generator and the immediate IT support. We needed to create that VPN. We needed to set up their CPUs. We needed to get them ready. So legally, they have an environment where they can fulfill the need of the client and the labor law, but they're also able to communicate with IT, have the support that they need, and so we don't miss a beat. And uh, there weren't many shenanigans. People just weren't accustomed to the isolation and call centers. You feed off of energy. So imagine working out at the home gym compared to being with your buddy Ryan, you know, putting up four more reps. And so... Um, we made that and, and, and Zoom assisted us with yeah. speaking with the agents and motivating them. But, but my man, it was almost like a print compared to a painting. There's a big difference between seeing live theater compared to seeing a movie. And there's benefits of both. But uh, we were able to adapt, which was important because if we didn't, we'd sink. Yeah, agreed. And, and what are you guys doing now? Are you back in, in the call centers or are you still working sort of hybrid or? It's really really a a seller's market. So the agents have so much leverage now. If they can show the metrics, be consistent in regards to going to work and putting in the hours, they pretty much can call the shots. And I've seen that a lot of the resumes that are coming in, people don't want to come. Now, I don't blame them. Some individuals live very far away and there might be some other options out there. But I I try to at least establish a foundation relationship where if you come in for the training, maybe have a pizza with us, (laughs) play some pinball to get to know you, then there's a very good chance we can anchor and bridge from there. If not, it's just another virtual agent that just like in Machiavelli's The Prince, it's a mercenary. They'll just jump ship to to someone that pays them more money. I'm I'm hoping that we're competitive, but the self-reliance and self-confidence and the experience that they get here and being treated with that dignity, Ryan, might mm-hmm. be the sort of thing that could give me long-term stability and agents here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and your clients, are they mostly in, in your time zone or are you working across multiple time zones beyond sort of the, the Americas? Great question. 
Majority of my clients are United States, Canada, some in Central America and a little bit in Europe, but the proxemics to the United States makes it great for Costa Ricans. And plus, since we're near shore compared to offshore, a lot of my clients will fly into Costa Rica on direct flights. It's just a couple hours. And remember, the weather here is great. Um, But it's interesting. Companies such as HP, Amazon, Intel, and Oracle are here. So the labor force and the skill set seems to be um, of a superior grade because there's an enormous amount of investments that are made here. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, it's a place I've always wanted to go to, and, and I'll let you know if I ever get there. Um, we'll do our second podcast here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll take you up I on like that. how you put that in there, Ryan. Well done, my man. Yeah, well done. I've these things. Well, I've planned long in advance, long in advance. Um, and, and I'm curious, you know, with with you being near shore, how has that, uh, you know, obviously you know, where I'm in, in sort of Africa, Europe, we, we, we do a lot with, with the Asia side, not the North, not the South America side, North America side. I, I mean, obviously a lot of North America, but what I'm saying is, you know, I was talking to someone about a Brazilian development team. I hadn't even thought about Brazil for software development, which was very naive of me. Um, do you find uh, that because you're close to the big brother, you know, the, the Canada's and the US, that you get good clients that, that are, are prepared for an off, a, a nearshore call center? I, I don't know if my, my question makes sense, but maybe it, it does. Actually, a lot of people have had positive and negative experiences offshore. The price is extremely enticing. I mean, you could get it for a fraction of our cost. But then yeah. again, you are paying for uh, a government that's democratic here. So there is a stable government. Also, yeah. our infrastructure, our neutral accents. But but besides that, let's just say I have a niche market. I have a mom and pop. I'm 150 strong. I'm not thousands. So mm-hmm. the sort of companies that choose me, ones from one seat up to 100 seats, they, they'll, they like the fact I'm from Philadelphia originally. I've moved here. I've been here for more than two decades. I've been in the industry. Yeah. And I'm a straight shooter. I, I like to talk about metrics. I like to give my experience of other verticals. And from an educated point of view, they make a decision. By default, I lose them on price. But you were mentioning Brazil earlier. And yes, there's a lot of agents that are trilingual and there's even Chinese speakers here. Now, Ryan, I only choose accounts A that I feel ethically comfortable with because it's a strict Catholic country. We don't do sports books, casinos, stocks, pharmacies or sweepstakes. But I also don't want a rogue agent. I don't want Mm. somebody on the phone using profanity or not representing your company or mine in the best light. So I could only choose campaigns for English and Spanish. Yeah. And if random a call comes up that's Portuguese and the agent does speak one, you can't help that. But I want to be able to quality control and listen and understand it. I I need that sort of relationship with that client. But um, I need them also to understand the labor laws and sometimes their company culture, let's say in New York, might be a little more aggressive, while we prefer something more assertive. So profanity mm-hmm. might not be at the right moment. Maybe writing to me in bold does not make its point. And sometimes overzealous supervisors that try to motivate you might just lower the morale. And so mm-hmm. we have to be very careful to introduce this beautiful, peaceful, poor Vita culture and yeah. to see if it is a good fit. And so that's what yeah. I try to do with these clients that, uh, that we entertain. Great. And, and, and tell me how it works. Uh, you know, you've got a client, they want you to do their, their whatever it is. Do you use their technology? Do you have your own technology that you tie up with theirs? I mean, how do you protect data and, and that sort of thing? Depends if it's a pilot project or if they have something that's in place and I can plug and play. Definitely, we send out a pre-launch checklist prior to any sort of contracts. So if anything of nothing, just inadvertently, I can educate them if they're prospecting other call centers what sort of questions to ask because it's not you i'd love to earn your business i just got to make sure that you have all your ducks in a row and so my floor manager will send out a list in regards to onboarding and scripts it guy will touch base in regards to connectivity server room any sort of reporting and that's when we can see if you've oversold yourself and you're being forthright with me because you can't even come up with any sort of script list metrics or anything, recordings, then 
we know where we need to begin. And it's okay if another call center was giving you certain numbers, but it just didn't back up. And so what I try to do is to give them stability. And I, li I like to show them the sort of structure we have so they can gauge performance, we can make adjustments, the list, the script. And so it's really me asking certain questions and, and explaining why. And mm -hmm. so I, I love consulting. And if you think I'm giving out a secret sauce, have them duplicate what I do. <laughs> I mean, it's, if you want to go for it, Godspeed. <laughs> I'll be the first one to assist you. Why would you sell your soul and do this? <laughs> I had no idea what I was getting myself into, but I did it. But anyway, yeah. making my point. Um, I think that some people have certain expectations, and I'd like to walk them backwards on what, how many, what's the average talk time? What's the average wrap-up time? What sort of notes are being put in? Can we streamline this with drop-downs? Can I cut and paste? Are there any sort of ways that I can, as I say, mentioning using this predictive dialer, yeah. so I can have pretty much a contact ratio of 100%? and not waste time, click the dollar manual dialing. That just kills any sort of rhythm or campaign. Yeah. And, and there are so many suggestions I can make to shave the fat and streamline, but the agent needs to be prepared for this, Ryan. Besides being bold, you need the endurance and your head to be prepared to make and receive eight hours worth of phone calls a day 160 hours a month. It's not for the faint of heart. It's it's almost like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Conan the Barbarian, the Wheel of Pain. But if you can do it and bring in that energy and learn how to work with rebuttals and give positive escalations, show attentive listening and great note taking, using the military alphabet, really taking good meeting minutes. And doing your due diligence prior to a phone call with a LinkedIn profile or a website just to pull out some goodies, then by all means, you should be strong and a warrior. And it's a craft. And as long as somebody is prepared that way, Ryan, then it, what happens when your technology turns off or you don't have a Wi-Fi connection or your computer just gets water or coffee spilled on it? Do you still have game? Are you still capable of having a conversation and closing and listening and building that relationship without anything that is digital? So I think, my good friend, you need to combine the two, kind of like RoboCop. All right. Don't depend on one and don't rely on the other. Yeah. But use them both to make your paintings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think you're spot on. I mean, and, and it's funny you mentioned the, the sort of analog world of, of doing things. Um, you, you can see it often when you go to a um, out there. We were catching a flight the other day, and there was a, a power outage, which is very common in South Africa at the moment. And you could see who knew how to knew how the thing should work because they could automatically go to a manual process where they just, you know, took down people's names and whatever else they needed and, and carried on processing people. And those that were so reliant on the system, and if the system wasn't there, they didn't know what to do, um, and they were lost. And yeah, you know that's that's a big problem in, in in sort of how people are in jobs right now because they they rely so much on the technology to tell them what to do. Um, so so I appreciate your comment in, in that respect. Um, you mentioned um, when we when we had our pre-call, um, and I'm trying to remember what you called it. It was the with the, with the sort of smiley face um, boomerang. Yes, you got I'm talking about my famous buffer boomerang technique. Yes, yes. Can you see that? I can see it. And and we we uh, will describe it for those who can't see it. So you've got a a circle that has a a, a line that runs like a like a hammock, uh, and it goes back up to a triangle. Um, and before that triangle, there's two parallel lines that run uh, below the triangle. And inside the circle and the boomerang is a minus two and a plus two. Uh, and the minus two is the buffer, and the boomerang is the plus two. A buffer boomerang technique. You were mentioning at the airport the other day when the system went down. Well, Ryan, yeah. the best thing to do when there's fire is to stop, drop, and roll. Stop yeah. what you're doing, drop the negativity, and see if you can roll on and do something different. Yeah. The first thing to do is adjust the tone because if you don't have balance or center, you're not getting out of the building alive. That's number one, okay? And so the buffer boomerang is just readjusting tones. For an example, you call a company. And what I like to do is I like to do a company name spike 
prior to an introduction because I'm using my anonymity and the first three seconds of my speech is something that sounds familiar to them, then I'll say, hey, how's the digital workspace works doing today? And actually you will say, we're doing great compared to asking how Ryan's doing or to speak to Ryan. Mm. So I'm not anonymous the whole call because that's shady, but I can mystery shop you for the first 30 you know, three seconds and pretend like I've been there. So it yeah. reduces a defense from let's say to a 10 to a six. So naturally I've gotten your interest. You'll ask yeah. me who I am. Depending on what the tone is, and sometimes it's negative because people are just in a trance, what is your name? So I would capture that negative tone and yeah. I would say, Ryan, <laughs> that's an excellent question. My name is Richard Blank. I would capture the negativity, name drop you, let you know it's a great question. Glad you brought it up. So glad we're talking about it. Repeating the question to show active listening and sending it back positive and you can readjust tones and paces that way and so if you're going to do a micro expression read you can do it visually and people talk about object and self-adapting and facial expressions fine so be it but what about over the phone when it's sight unseen these are mm -hmm. phonetic micro expression reading tell signs and so the only way to read you is to have a neutral sort of area so i can see inconsistencies so you don't know me, I don't know you. And in the beginning, you're yelling at me because you just got 10 phone calls. I got to let you know, I love the digital workspace works. I'm your biggest fan. So calm down. <laughs> and also, Ryan, let's make you smile. And then guess what happens, Ryan? You pass me to Mr. Jones, ooh, the big boss. But prior to the transfer, I'm going to say, hey, Ryan, I just got to let you know you were great. And when I speak to Mr. Jones, I'm going to let him know. That's a verbal positive escalation. So of course, you're going to transfer me. So then Mr. Jones answers the call. And of course, I'm going to say, hey, Mr. Jones, I got to let you know, Ryan's the greatest. You don't even know who I am. And I'm giving him, I'm giving him the gift. And you gave me the pass to pitch Jones anyway. So you think his, he's waiting for a telemarketing call to 10 defense. Now he's at like a two. I haven't even said the name of your company yet in a great way. Might as well put him down to a one. So I could double gun him. Ryan's great. And how's the digital workspace works doing today? You have to give me 30 seconds. It's yeah. mine to lose. So naturally, yeah. you're going to ask me a buffer boomerang question. Once again, who are you? <laughs> Mr. Jones, so glad that you asked. My name is Richard Blank. Well, Richard Blank, you got five minutes. What you got going? And what I love to do is I love to give my explanations kind of like a, a dessert tray or an equalizer where each one gets its own little thing and you pause in between for positive or negative reinforcements, but don't don't go too fast because that's desert pitching with no oasis. Someone needs to breathe and drink. And so I wait and then I go from horizontal to vertical. We take our time, we've got six more to talk about, but if you like this, Ryan, why don't we just start stacking open-ended questions where you just keep telling me things <laughs> and then we move on to the next one. And then at the end, let's say you didn't like any of them and I, and I was 0 for 10 because I gave all my desserts and you didn't want we are at least saying, hey, Ryan, I'm sure you like at least one. <laughs> at least you got to rake it once. Sure, I like number three. And then you start from there. And so there's ways to give insurance policies. And um, at the end, military alphabet is essential because people have exotic names. You don't want emails bouncing back. A lot of people served in the military. So it's another way to anchor with somebody. If a dog's barking in the background, instead of saying, put your dog away, I can let you know. I love dogs. Oh, by the way, Ryan, what's your dog's name? What's Breed? And how old is your puppy? <laughs> He's 16. Of course, it's a puppy. And so I can anchor with you, my man. That's another five minutes. Yeah. That's another five minutes. And then at the end of the call, you're calling me Richie, and we're setting up follow-up calls. I call the company back. Ryan answers again, thanks me for the positive escalation that I said, tells me a couple more goodies about Mr. Jones. And you wonder why I get these accounts, because I don't force a fit and I don't pretend like I sent you an email that you saw and I don't try to squeeze by Ryan. You don't squeeze by Ryan. You you let Ryan know that I'm happy to be there. I'm showing you my best. And if I can gain your past the pitch, I don't need your digital workforce. I have that relationship. Mm. And then from there. We can build it together. And so and so that's what we do, my man. We go very, very old school. I just use the medium of due diligence, the Internet and a phone call to make that relationship. But the rest is still natural. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because I um, 
when I was growing up, used to work at a national, for my sister, she used to run a convention called the National Secretaries Convention. And, you know, used to talk to all the, the EAs and the, the, the secretaries and, and all that stuff. And, and you know, once you got to know them, you just had the connection to to the next person straight away. And it, and it was always that, you know, they would tell you exactly, they would, you know, how they would, have, they would know when someone spoke to them. You know, instinctively, this is not someone that needs to get through. And, um, you know, through that, you learn what you've just said, all these things about, about uh, recognizing them. Because a lot of people don't recognize the, the, the person answering the phone, usually because they, they know it's not the person they want to speak to uh, if they're trying to do a cold calling and that sort of stuff. Um, so I'm glad you explained that because, you know, if I think as you're talking about all these people that phone us and you get them all the time, you know, trying to sell you something and how bad they are at it, you know, and it's all those things. They're not even trying to connect with you. And, and they say, oh, I sent you an email last week. Like, you know, I've got 500 emails that I haven't read. Which one was it? You know, you know that's not the way you you're already you're already losing the battle before you start. Um, well, you don't have time to go out for a three hour lunch. So, no, so what can I do? At least yeah. in the first 30 seconds, I made nice. I said yeah. the name of your company well. I properly introduced myself. I complimented you, Ryan, and I was going to let you know you were great. I'll do that 160 times a day. So at least these are good arrows that I'm throwing out there. And then secondly, yeah, yeah. if you're going to leave a voicemail or do an email prospecting, as I mentioned, a due diligence. Don't just call me sir. Talk about yeah. my pinball machines, 15 years in business from Philadelphia. At least you'll get my attention now. You got a shot at it. You, yeah, no yeah. one's going to hand it to you and no one bats a thousand. My goodness gracious, go from half court to foul, foul line percentages. And you you just do it by just a second's worth of due diligence or active now concentration. That, that's it, Ryan. And, and I think your techniques are, 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 replicate, are replicable to someone in business. Um, you know, just, just networking with their peers, even. You know, you've well, got let to me ask you a question. Yeah. Are we okay. compromising ethics or values or morals? Did I teach someone to lie? No. Yeah. I just asked you to be a little more assertive in regards to saying the name of a company and being nice to Ryan. But some yeah. people are too cool for that. They don't have that personality with a stranger. Well, Ryan, strangers are friends you haven't met yet. And you keep talking about these individuals, these amazing people that assisted you along your way, that lent a hand. Mm. They're the greatest. They're the ones that have been with the companies for decades. Yeah, and it's like should. undercover boss. You treat them like gold because at the end of the day, they're the ones that are having coffee with the boss, talking about the day, and how they got 99 mean people. But Ryan was like the nicest person on the phone ever. Yeah, but he's a little more expensive, or his company's a little smaller. Or he's in Costa Rica. Yeah, but let me ask you a question, big boss. When was the last time he gave me a compliment? When was the last time he looked at your website and spoke about your loading docks? Hmm. I want the marathon runner. I don't want the university professor. I want someone that shows a little bit different. Yeah. I really do. I want the maverick because I think this individual is really going to fight for it. Kind of, kind of like the people I hire, Ryan. I'll take a 10-year veteran or I'll take a kid that's bilingual with structured, disciplined, cognitive skills, but no bad habits. Where in his early 20s, I can mold him like a squire to a knight. I can teach them these skills compared to debriefing them and getting rid of bad habits or mm. possibly being a jumper or a cancer. And so each person should be judged individually for their for their core strengths, not saying there's nothing wrong with your podcast. It's wickedly cool, man. That's why I reached out to you. But I'm also letting people know that you have an essence prior to anything that's technical or digital. And I really look besides that. I want you to give me a coming of age moment. I really want to see what sort of vigor and backbone you have. Because on rainy Wednesdays, your technology will not save you. That's all. <laughs> and I think it leads us very nicely into, into a question I was going to ask you. So obviously, you know, the world is abuzz with, with the ChatGDP um, platform and, and what it can do. And, and your version 4 is coming out now and it can do so many things. And um, I think what you're talking about is the human element that no AI is going to be able to replicate, um, which is finding a connection with another human is, it, is that something you're seeing or worrying about or being told to be worried about or i, I don't know what the, the adjective is i i always see pros and cons to everything let's look at the basic ai that we have now which is an ivr you know integrated voice response where you're pressing a button or giving your options to a bank it's frustrating isn't it <laughs> you and need to repeat they don't give you the whole menu 
Yes or no, Ryan? Don't you usually just press zero or say, help, I'd like to speak to somebody, please? Yes or no? Yeah. I do it. So then yeah. what happens? Okay, so your AI is not working. You finally get in touch with somebody because they've reduced staff by 80%. So yeah. now you got Billy on the phone. You don't think you're going at him guns a-blazing? You don't think this individual is taking so much AI heat? So imagine that sort of live morale of the front line that's getting there. So unless you make it seamless, unless we can work hand in hand with AI just to pass it off to me, almost like somebody putting in an order and then the people make the box, you know, with the little stuff in it. And so, um, but I still think the human touch needs to be there because AI will never know to talk about the shore cheese fries or American football. They can but not yeah. like you and I were chatting off the air. All I'm doing is checking off boxes and, and, and qualifying you. I might ask you questions, but that was program questions, and it's really not authentic or sincere. AI is not spontaneous. They can't do it off the cuff yet. So mm -hmm. until you have that sort of immediate spark connection in the moment, AI will never be as competitive as you and I, my friend. You'd rather have lunch with me than a computer, wouldn't you? Oh, exactly. Exactly. Especially if I'm paying. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> In Costa Rica on the beach, yeah. No, they're going to be a good oh, place. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, with, with um, and you mentioned it, you know, and I was looking at an article today, I mean, Facebook's taking another 10,000 people off their books, you know, so there's always that that do, do more with less mentality. How do you find, you know, you mentioned looking after your staff and keeping them. How do you find your customers coming to you? Are they looking for an exponential solution from you where you're doing more with less as well? Or, I mean, how do you manage that sort of interaction? Both. I can plug and play an existing organization offset and be able to compare numbers, or I can help somebody ramp up that just does not have the infrastructure or the time, or they're just working out of their home. Um, yeah. Call centers will always be essential, in my opinion. And yeah. I, I, as I mentioned before, I love the redundancy, the backup electricity and support. But there's a creative nature to it. I, I can really look at your script and make suggestions. There are certain word choices I use through the source that can make it more strategic or diplomatic. AI can print out something for you. And in fact, I've seen the things before where AI makes these paintings and stuff, but I still think humans want the human to do it so we can be proud of ourselves. Even if yep. the skyscraper is not as high, I'd still rather see the rock formation of a human being that makes it. But um, I don't know. People people dip their toe in the waters. A lot of people are concerned about overseas or, or near shore. They, they like that sort of control. Mm. And I like checkpoints with people. I got to make sure off the bat this is what they're looking for. If they're looking to do something gray area, shady, and have me as their cover, I'm not going to be their fall guy. This is not the Maltese Falcon. But um, I want to make sure that the agents feel comfortable with what they're offering them. So, A, they choose it and we can be very competitive with labor force and they can go home and tell their parents what they do for a living. So as much as I want all the accounts in the world, I have to be exceptionally selective because if nobody mm -hmm. shows up here, <laughs> we have no agents. And so um, it's really just about getting to know one another. And as I say before, if they're being facetious with me or giving me unrealistic metrics, I can almost break it down with them in a certain way to where I don't embarrass them. I will really use my own examples mm -hmm. to let him know that you're in my wheelhouse a little bit, you know, and that's okay. Cause I know that you're calling and you want to give me your seven seeds. I really want them. <laughs> but here's the thing. You got to make sure that you're straight with me. Cause I don't need you yelling and screaming on a Wednesday morning before uh, I get on a podcast. Yeah, no, I understand that. And I was thinking, you, you made a comment about spending the time in the call. Now, my sort of loose knowledge of your environment is that everything is, is throughput based. You know, trying to do a certain amount of calls per hour, a certain amount of, you know, as you said, almost tick box exercises. But it sounded like you almost give your guys a bit more freedom to to build the relationship with the person they speak. Is that, a, is that a, 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 an approach? 
there is always structure to a call. You have an introduction, body, conclusion, and I need to make sure either you qualify or get the appointment, the sale, or retain the client. Yeah, and yeah. so I, there, there, there is really, if you think about it, there are islands. And it's just you and I deciding where we want to put the bridge and what type of bridge it is. And yeah. I mentioned before, you can use tips and tricks to try to connect with your company. But the strongest bridges and the real connections are that spontaneous dog barking are you mentioning that you're a baseball fan or I don't know, but this mm-hmm. is what I do know. Someone starts mentioning pinball machines with me and they really know the topic. My credit card's almost at the ready and I'm dying to do business with you. I'm, I will find a way to work with you. <laughs> Why? Because you're cool. And yeah. I like where we're starting. And maybe through that medium, we can discuss things through pinball. And I also judge character during chaos, because if you're yelling, screaming and demanding at me prior to a contact, I, I, I don't know if I want to work with you when times are tough. I mean, I can handle it. I'm a big boy. But I, I believe that people should leave something on the table, especially mm-hmm. being courteous. Right. Yeah. And your lack of preparation also shouldn't be my emergency. And so some people are calling to me panicking because they're company's lights went off or the call center in India shut down or five people quit in their local office and they want to start by Monday and you need how many people? 10? Do you realize how long that takes? And you want the top closers in the country for a brand new campaign that's going to test me for a month, right? And then I got to interview to get your 10 people. That's got to at least be minimum of 30, minimum. Mm. And how long do you think it takes for me to interview? What, two minutes? That's like a half an hour. They ask a lot of questions. They take tests. And that's even prior to you even starting the campaign. So you're looking at at least $1,000 worth of an investment of advertisement, HR resources, and interviewing 30 people for a full week prior to you going live. Thanks. (laughs) So, I mean, I I don't want to rush because if I can't rest at night after putting in a full day, then I'm no good as a fighter the next day. You, You have to match my pace because we're in Costa Rica and I can do this. But you're also commissioning me as a painter and you do not want to take away that natural artistic woo way sort of flair that I have that that has made this work for 15 years. You mentioned you mentioned tests and that sort of stuff. I mean, how do you do the testing? Is that obviously there'd be an oral piece that I would think depends. Of course, the oral exam. But let's just say you, you had something where it was a customer support. There are typing tests we take just to make sure you can get enough. Uh, data entry, customer support, so that's there. Some clients want cognitive tests because they mm-hmm. believe that they can gauge somebody's personality. And they've been wrong. In fact, my top supervisor, my floor manager, he had a nickname High Blue because a client called me 11 years ago and screamed to me on the phone, you can't promote him. Why? He's High Blue. What's High Blue? means he's not he has no personality he can't work with people well i got to tell you what there's two types of leaders out there there's the ones that yell and scream and they're the ones that are calm and cool that can land plays and so and so hearts and this individual is a tall bearded strong individual he's he's your he's your he's your big brother your uncle one that will protect you he's the bear why does he need to scream through his intelligence and composure and being calm that's exactly the sort of leader that I need in this environment. And so this client that I had for a very long time influenced me to make one of the worst decisions that thankfully I dodged a bullet and never made. But so to answer your question in regards to test, why why don't we just put your, your resume aside and why don't you just talk to me for a minute and stop giving me memorized answers and stop Mm -hmm. telling me you want to be promoted to a supervisor before you even made a, a phone call for a company. If they can expand and literally, Ryan, tell me a story, then you got me. Because I want to see depth. I want to see if you have passion towards something. I want to see if you can make yourself vulnerable in front of me, Ryan. You don't have to disclose something too deep. I'm not prying. But let me see a little bit of your guts. What you got? So I can gauge you. And, And we usually take it from there, my friend. Yeah, and I think it's such a, you know, telling a story in, in any space uh, is important because if you can tell the story, it means you understand what's needed and you can read the room, read the people. You mentioned micro uh, expressions or something along those lines. 
and micro I think, expression yes tell some yeah, and, and i think that's something that a lot of people struggled with moving to remote working and and you know being on a camera like we are now um not being able to pick because you know you're not picking up as much as you would in the room if you're sitting across mm -hmm. from each other, body language isn't there um which means you've either got to become more attuned to it or you know you turn your camera off and and no one sees you um I mean, how do you how do you teach that? I mean, how do you explain to someone what to look for or, or to sense it? Well, if I believe in metaphysics. Image streaming is important. Imagination, descriptions, adjectives. So you need to expand. You're losing your taste, touch, and smell over the phone and over Zoom. Your hearing should be expanded. So that's why, as I mentioned, spontaneous thought and being at the ready. Telling the story is really not just about telling me a story. It's about just to see, as I as I mentioned, you can you can grab onto something at the moment. You can anchor. Are you capable to do this? And if I read somebody for the first time, it's a read, but they're nervous. I don't know if they're tapping, clicking, scratching, chewing. Who knows? So yeah. that's why I think the greatest form to really read somebody is to close your eyes, even if you're with somebody, and to listen to them phonetically. Okay. It's, it's really the purest form, in my opinion, for, for tell signs. In fact, Ryan, you're going to love this. I, mm -hmm. I gauge tone rate, pitch, and duration. Your tone represents your emotion. I recommend to my agents to be confident and empathetic because it reminds people of attorneys, doctors, and a loving parent. But people say you need to do a mirror imaging technique. And yes, there is a technique like that, but you should be mirror imaging their rate of speech and their pitch, how fast and how loud they go. Why? So I can gauge spikes and dips. It's not the semantics. It's not your word choice. And I took out your tone. That's my consistent variable. But I've had people not to be complacent or bored, be able to do this while they do their job. And after three weeks, it becomes habit, where, and this is what we're talking about, is your phonetic microexpression reading. And it's almost like an XY chart. Yeah. And all you do is just to see in 30-second to two-minute intervals, Ryan, just how fast you're going. And just for argument's sake, put me at an 88. I'm yeah. eight in regards to speed, eight in regards to sound, and I'm in quadrant one. Yeah. I've done this for a period of time. And so... It allows my agents, if they're not up to that speed or having that rapport, to then ask a clarification, tie down or pin down question, transitional yeah. question. And so it's helped the novice and it's also assisted the pro. And, and in my opinion, I've probably been about 90 percent accurate on this because people are giving tell signs. You said, well, Richard, they're not used to being seen on Zoom and, and being analyzed so closely in a period of time. And Ryan, that's to our benefit <laughs> because all they're doing is scratching their face or giving tell signs. I'm even seeing more phonetic tell signs because there's more of a focus group controlled intense period. And, and how about this, my man? When you're bilingual, imagine that sort of intense concentration because you are translating in the same period of time. So my agent is even concentrating that much more for bullet shots. Yeah. And so I made it a game because if you can't play or think like a 12 year old, it's going to lose its stimulation. And poor Lomenos, at least I can get them to get something out of these calls because if they're more in the moment and practicing these incredible soft skills and landing shots, they're doing perfect pitches. It's almost like a perfect card player. Now you're playing percentages. You, you don't bat a thousand, but you'll, you'll be rich. You'll be a top performer just on your performance alone. And that's the sort of thing we reinstill with the agent so at least they don't get bored or see it as monotonous. There's a lot of mental preparation, structure preparation, and artistic, phonetic things that we do that allow them to, to still find enjoyment in this job. Hmm. And, and how would you, I mean, we, we're kind of talking around it, but how, how, would, you, how would you train someone to, to listen? I mean, you mentioned closing your eyes. But are there other things that, that they're doing? Are they are they actually writing on the, you, you know, your diagram you had there? Are they actually writing on that diagram, just sort of where they think the voices, and you and you and you're helping them with what you hear as well? So there's almost a feedback loop. So they learn ways to look at it. Because if yeah. they're coming in with bad habits and they hear the call, then they're just reinforcing a bad habit or don't know any better. 
So I've made suggestions of certain artists for people to listen to. You might laugh at it and it's dating me, but I don't care. I I enjoyed Basil Rathbone and Jeremy Brett. I thought they were excellent speakers. And I enjoyed Remington Steele and Templeton Peck. I think these were incredible speakers on television. These were wonderful characters. And I let them listen to old time radio, listen to Queen's English, to the BBC. So they can really listen to delivery, articulation, pausing. And so from there, when they listen to their own calls, because self-improvement is from self-analysis, that's their own sound mirror. (laughs) They'll Mm -hmm. know now because they're listening to the pros. Now, we can't imitate Basil Rathbone, but we can obviously see how they enunciate and what they do. And that's very nice. And so from there, they're able to build upon those skills. And since English is their second language, we really focus on dictionaries and thesaurus so they can expand vocabulary because one word you could exhaust it or it might not be appropriate. And so Mm -hmm. if they're calling in regards to a certain industry, we would really focus on transitional words, you know, and, and building upon that sort of reinforcement vocabulary just to make nice. Instead of saying help, it's guide, assist, lend a hand. Instead of saying, excuse me, it's for my clarification or for my edification. We make things at your convenience and we make appointments tentative. So we lock you in. We just don't lock you in too much. So you say yes or no. We give wiggle, 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 and we follow up. And those percentages hit. Tentative turns into locked in if they want, but tentative still gives me 50% to call you back. And if not, then we can lock in a second date. So I've been able to recover second or third touches that way. Mm. Why do we do this? So they have a general structure. So they have a plan every day. So they're not lying on the phone to get the appointment. And as long as they can master these steps, by all means, you have your 10 steps. Now you're a master. And, And you've gone to that level. And then the next thing we only work on is just how you dress and vocabulary. That's it. And I mean, with with your calls, I mean, are they going towards video now, or is it is it still um, mostly voice? So it's mostly it's, voice, yeah. And I mean, but we it, do our meetings in video, yes, and some, uh, but it's mostly voice. But, but the reason I'm asking that question is, you said how they dress. So are you um, are your guys dressing up? So that they are no. Fresh- and in fact, I was kind of making a joke because I'm wearing a suit, but no, no. Um, <laughs> I have <laughs> seen. Yeah, I've seen I've seen shedding skin. Yeah, I've seen people once they got their first bonus or they were the top producer. They spent a year with me. They look a little different. They're mm. a little bit taller. Yeah. Right. Maybe physiologically, I don't see McDonald's five days a week. Now I start seeing food that yeah. gives them muscle because now they're going to the gym. I'm like, what is going on here? And they go, well, Richard. This job recharged my batteries and made me enough money so then I can conquer the things outside of the office, which then affected my work performance here. So when I say dress better, (laughs) you don't need to dress like me. I just want you to love you. And if you're treating yourself well and you're rewarding yourself for your hard work, I think it's fantastic. And I'll be the first person to go downstairs and tell Ryan's mother, how amazing you are, because I know that's a gift that keeps on giving as well. Yeah, I think it's an important point that uh, if, if people are, are not necessarily healthy, but, you know, it's it's a cycle. It's not just about working all the time. It's about having the balance. And, and um, you know, it sounds to me like your your teams, your people, you're constantly helping them to to rise a level. And the, and the higher they go, the more you, they push you up as well. Is that a, is that a fair... Assessment, yeah. Well, this is a huge burnout industry. In fact, in the United wow. States, people see telemarketers through Hollywood glamification, Wolf of Wall Street, Boiler Room, Prime Gig, Glen Gary, Glen Ross, but um, it's transitional. People look down upon it, while in Costa Rica, it pays more than most vocations. And so it can be a strain. And people do burn out, but I thrived because I love the art of speech. Mm -hmm. I mean, you get hung up upon, that's part of the game. And if you can have a romantic death, where before you hang up on me, I said, the digital workspace works. How you doing today, Ryan? You sound great. My name is Richard Blank. Click. 
Oh, that's just Shakespearean death. I'm a tarot card fool walking off the cliff with the sun on my back. Oh, why not? And yeah. if you can jump clouds 120 times a day, I guarantee you're going to land a few too. And so um, as long as you don't lose that sort of passion, as long as we keep this buggy whip alive still before AI kicks in and people can still feed off of that energy. And as we say in Spanish, locator, portavoz, these are speakers. Who spoke for Caesar? Who speaks for the kings? They have power. They're bridges. They're mediums. And as long as we still have this beautiful art of speech and we connect with people and we slow down for a second, as I say before, you'll have the longest term clients that will give you referrals. They're not going anywhere. And what's going to happen is you can upsell them or or if worse comes to worse, they might even give you not an exit interview, but on the DL, they might make suggestions on what you're doing mm-hmm. <laughs> because you're messing up a little bit. Those are the clients that love the kitchen. They don't yeah. want you to close. They know the owner. They just got to let you know you're putting too much salt on you know, or, or you're not putting enough cheese on the burger. That's what you need to do. And um, put your ego aside. Because a lot of owners have this leverage. All they want to do is make people afraid of you and fire you. While, Ryan, all I want to do is delegate and promote you. I mean, that's the difference. And I'm also humble, man. I'm a guest in this country. This should have never happened. This was a one in a million shot. And so I needed an IT director, human resources director, accountants, attorneys, supervisors. I couldn't do it all on my own. I mean, I'm here with you today and I can tell tall tales and stories, but the reality is I I needed a force down here and I was not on a home court advantage. Mm, So my wife and I started this company together. I might be the owner. She's the boss. Grace Bourbon rocks. And so a lot of your entrepreneurs, business owners or people that are wanting to put their toe in the water and hat in the ring, you know, be very conservative with your money, act your wage. You know, work at a certain pace that's comfortable for you so you don't overextend yourself. And if you can do these things and just be happy with the little bit that you have, that spark can eventually turn into an inferno. Just just be happy with the creation of something, the genesis of it, or even your excitement of doing something. Because that sort of momentum is very positive. It's very healthy. And sometimes dreamers do walk alone. And come on, Ryan, you know about forced marches. It's not a death march. It's a forced march. And sometimes we've got to do it. Mm. And um, the fact that we're talking about it here today is a testament to our two individual journeys and what got yep. us here today. You know? No, exactly. I mean, a lot of things you've said resonate. Um, you know, I was thinking about the energy thing. You know, you can have good meetings, bad meetings, and, and you need to, you know, Afrikaans, uh, well, it's not Afrikaans, but you rip yourself right. Um, you know, so you can go to the next meeting without carrying the the legacy of the other meeting that didn't go so well. And then your other point is you can't do it on your own. And I think that ability to connect with other people so that you can do something is huge. And and, and staying humble is hard. I think I think I think a lot of people, especially working from home by themselves, you know, forget about how the people, you know, on the other side of the phone or the other side of the screen feel because they don't see them after the after the meeting. So you kind of you know, you create your own image as opposed to seeing the real image, if you, if you get where I'm going with that. Of course. The worst thing to do is to compromise your ethics so you can't look at yourself in the mirror. I'm going to share a secret with you. The moment yeah. that I had to shave my hair because I hated the clown crown, <laughs> that's when I really <laughs> had to be humble. Oh, man, you know, I feel great now. <laughs> you, can't, you can't tease me on anything. It's almost like Eminem and Three Mile. You know, I took away all your rhetoric. Um, but listen. You could be the meanest boss in town, and if no one shows up the next day, good for you. People have options out there. And besides a paycheck, and you don't need to low ball either, they are looking for an environment so they can grow, or they're looking for dignity, or they're looking for a mentor. I'll give you another great example. I, I got a kid here that's got so much talent, but he's so hyper. And so what I wanted to do was to isolate this individual, not that he wasn't doing something wrong. I mean, but you can't do this in between every phone call. It's like a red light. Why are you isolating me? Well, then why do artists go away to write a book? Why does the warrior go to the mountain to learn their craft and then come back? 
I go, sometimes the genius, the mad scientist needs that sort of isolation so they can harness all of their energy. And he's mm. like, yeah, you're not in trouble. Come on, it's your boss putting you there. And you're by the window too, so stop crying. So anyway, and then the next thing you know, the numbers <laughs> double. He just made twice yeah. the amount of calls, did twice the amount, and goes, Richard, you were right. I, no one before my other jobs thought about isolating me. I go, because you never had a real mentor. The child would think you're being punished and in the corner. Mm. But the genius would realize someone's investing in me. And maybe they see something I don't see. And if I can put away my impulse control and look at it as an, an adult, then maybe I can grow from this. This was not a dunce moment. This was, mm. a, this was a Francis Ford Cochlea black stallion moment where I needed to teach this incredible, strong structure how to run a track. Yeah. And look what happened. Top producer in one day just for sitting still by himself. And so those are the little things that I try to do just yeah. to see if I can get the best out of somebody. That's all. Yeah. No, it sounds wonderful. And I love all your, your references and analogies. And I mean, I'm assuming you're a big reader. Watch a lot of movies. <laughs> it's paying off now. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, it is what it is. But they're great because you, know, you tie the points up really well. Um, is there anything that you want to share with the audience to, to get in contact with you maybe or, or as a follow up? No, thanks, Ron. I appreciate that. I, uh, I think your audience should buy a first class plane ticket and fly down here to Costa Rica and come visit me. That's number one. But um, I have an extremely large Facebook fan page of about 111,000 local Costa Rican ticos. It will, once this goes live, you have new fans, but it, it will give your audience a really good grasp of the business process outsourcing in Central America. I did mention some bullet points. We, we are north of Panama, south of Nicaragua, but you know, Costa Rica is really known for our ecotourism and medical tourism. It's mm. a beautiful country. And, um, and it's a wonderful lifestyle. And if I can capture that and mix that with my Philly and Ryan and making our phone calls, <laughs> my man, we got one of the best dishes in town. <laughs> and so um, I think on your next podcast, when you come visit me and we have it on the beach, It'll be awesome. So I'm really looking forward to it. And Ryan, I can't thank you enough. I really had a great time with you and your audience today. It was a great chat. I'm so glad that you reached out. Um, it, it, the, the, the website that people should go to, sorry, I don't, I don't think I asked that in the beginning. Where should they go look up your company? Costa Rica's callcenter.com. Cool. Great stuff. Super you just got to take out the apostrophe. <laughs> that was brazen <laughs> enough. <laughs> that's great thanks very much thank you for listening to today's episode Heather Bicknell is our producer and editor thank you Heather for your hard work on this episode please subscribe to the series and rate us on iTunes or the Google Play Store follow us on Twitter at the DWW Podcast the show notes and transcripts will be available on the website www.digitalworkspace.works please also visit our website www.digitalworkspace.works and subscribe to our newsletter and lastly, if you found this episode useful, please share with your friends or colleagues.